This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Happy Monday, stackers. Guess what? That means it's the time for us to raise our glasses, gentlemen, in support of our troops. On behalf of the men and women at Navy Federal and the men and women making podcasts here in Mom's Basement, OG, let's give a big shout out to people protecting our country. And let's go stack some Benjamins. Pleased to bring you our feature presentation. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and what was that? I thought I, I thought I saw. Anyway, today marks the anniversary of the first sighting of the Loch Ness monster. Speaking of mythical beasts, today we have our own OG joining Joe in a special episode answering your questions. For our TikTok minute, we look back at what we should have done with that hundred thousand dollars. In our headlines, how are you doing with your savings plan? Adding to your stockpile. Ken Tuman from Magnify Money joins us to share the results of what your neighbors are doing with theirs. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to Dan, who's got a question about company stock. And then I'll dive in deep with my trivia. And now, two guys who will answer all your questions, you know, except where babies come from. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Not going to launch into that one today, OG. Not going to answer that question for people. Well, uh, usually what happens is when a boy podcaster likes a girl podcaster. Is that, uh, is that what happens? They create a video. They touch microphones. <laughs> and they make a bunch of money on the video. Hey, everybody. Welcome to How Millionaires Are Made podcast. I'm Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. It is Monday, so sit back and relax. We have your questions today. Oh, gee, these are some of our favorite episodes when we dive into the pile of uh, questions that people have sent us. We're also going to do our Haven Lifeline, which, by the way, is another question on top of our pile of questions. And then uh, and then maybe we'll do a TikTok Minute. So it's question good. day. 
Yes, absolutely. So get out the piece of paper, get ready to take some notes because we've got some fantastic questions that I think will help you a lot. But before all that, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do a shout out to. He is such a giving member of the FIRE community, the Financial Independence Retire Early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now, and all the work that uh, he did there. Just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, Here's a disclaimer. you got to join and open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st, so get on it, stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open. Maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things. They offer 24-7 help for their U.S.-based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to NavyFederal.org for full terms, conditions, and other offers. Navy and Federal is insured by NCUA Equal Housing Lender. It's question day on the road, but first we got a great headline, so let's get rolling. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. OG Magnify Money Out with their new savings survey. They take a look at how many people are putting money in, taking money out of their savings. Like the hokey pokey? Yeah, that's right. You put some money in, you put some money out, you put some money in, and then you, well, don't shake it all about. Okay, in we get public. it. We get it, Joe. We you can, do the hokey we can pokey. do the rest of the math. And you turn yourself about. <laughs> oh, God. Turn yourself about. What is that? The hokey pokey from like 1847? <laughs> it turn yourself around? I used to do the hokey pokey, but then I turned myself around. Ah. Oh, my God. It's ah. ridiculous. So we asked Ken Tuman about uh, the survey. Do you think people now today, OG, more people putting money in or more people taking money out of their savings? Out. Well, I uh, asked Ken Tuman from Magnify Money about that, and let's see what he had to say. Uh, that is correct. People are taking a little more out of their savings and um, saving a little bit less or adding less to their savings, and that is a trend that does appear to be occurring. You know, maybe there's a little fear of maybe a recession coming that could be spurring some of that 
extra savings compared to the previous month. But still, it's over for the year, it's still down for most of the months earlier this year. So it looks like that trend of um, less savings is continuing. I don't know if it's the recession, OG. Do you think it's recession or just interest rates going up end of summer, right? We maybe we had our first summer in, in three years where we really felt like maybe we could go out and see some people. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of that. I think there's a lot of demand for those things. I think there's also the pretty obnoxious uh, inflation stuff going on. So if you did actually the right thing over the last uh, couple of years and saved a few bucks because you got some uh, extra money, you're probably dipping into it right now. I mean, it's, it's like eggs are like three times as much as they were <laughs> this time last year or something. I mean... I was talking to uh, a cattle farmer the other day. I just ran into him. He said that everybody's getting rid of all their cattle. Just it's like pervasive. Nobody wants to have it because there's no, it costs too much to feed them. Grain prices are higher and feed prices are higher and beef prices are going to be higher. So it's kind of interesting. Now, hold on. You just bumped into a cattle farmer? Yeah. <laughs> Where does that happen? You don't Just live, Texas. You don't Just live in Oklahoma in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. yeah, no, it happened. Yep. We were talking about the rain. I think it's going <laughs> to rain anytime soon. I don't think so. It's like one of those things. That's how the whole conversation started. House, there are no cattle farmers hanging out in your neighborhood. Yeah, I wasn't in my neighborhood. Unless maybe but. the prices of beef have gone that high that maybe they can move in. It isn't quite as pervasive in Texas bumping into a cattle farmer it is in Detroit saying I bumped into an auto worker, but it's still far more likely, I would think. Yeah. I was in a place where he would be. A pasture. Anyways. You were line dancing, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was standing in line for brisket. Isn't that where you meet all the cattle farmers? <laughs> Don't they get their own? They have like the make your own deal, I would think. Well, they just shave a little off as each cow oh, walks Oh, stop. Oh, God. <laughs> It's like shearing sheep, shearing the cows. <laughs> Their life is like a Brazilian steakhouse. They just like they're like, come here, Betsy. Oh, so Betsy's like, oh crap, he's got the green light on. I gotta walk over there. He's got it turned to green. We asked Ken about who's taking more money out, and this is what he had to say. Interesting. I was a little surprised by this. It was the older generations that seem to be saving less. And the younger generations like Gen Z that actually um, in July, at least, were saving the most. How is that? I mean, th that does seem kind of counterintuitive. Well, yeah. One thing I was thinking about is how inflation is impacting all of this high inflation that we've been seeing the last year. And I'm wondering, um, perhaps it's affecting more of the older generation. I would think, I would think, OG, that inflation would hit people kind of equally. So while... Uh I don't know, maybe older people with more expenses? No, you're shaking your head no. Uh, no, I mean, it affects everybody. I mean, like I said, egg prices or beef prices or you know gas prices or whatever. But if you're not traveling a lot for work, the gas prices may not affect you as much. Or if you don't go out to eat as frequently, it's not going to affect you as much. But it decidedly affects people at lower income brackets much more than higher income brackets. Yeah, and yet we're seeing the absolute inverse of that. Uh, right now, older people taking out money more. Is it maybe because older people have more savings to take from? And so they're more liberally taking money out of their savings? 
That's a good question. Um, in lieu of the stock market, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's, I don't want to take money out of the market because it's down. So I'll take it out of savings instead. But certainly you mentioned it and Ken mentioned it, that inflation weighing heavy on people's mind as they take money out of savings. Seems like to me, I don't know, prescription, uh, keep track of your budget better. Well, I mean, this is the reason why you have an emergency fund, right? Is for when times like this happen, you have the flexibility to kind of continue to live your life without making radical changes right away. That doesn't mean that you might not have to in the future. You might have to pay better attention to your cash flow, pay better attention to your savings and, and your expenses. So if you haven't done one of those expense worksheets or you haven't thought about budgeting in a while, it's probably a good idea to revisit it. Maybe not this month because it's kind of the end of summer and kids going back to school, but maybe maybe at the end of September after you've had a full month of kind of normal, you know. Time for our TikTok Minute. Time when we shine a light on somebody on social media saying something that's either genius or air quotes genius. Uh, Doug, which one do you think we got today, my friend? It's air quotes. It's totally air quotes. I can feel it in my bones. Well, let's see if you're correct. Last November, I was going to buy this boat for $100,000. Instead, I took that money, put it in the stock market, and now I'm down $100,000 with no boat oh gee i guess it was wrong i guess he should have just bought the boat huh just bought the boat yeah yeah you'd have way more fun if you just bought the boat i know at least you'd be able to sell it right it's like it's like remember that thing that came out it was something like if you would have bought you know x dollars worth of stock in budweiser this happened during during 2008. I remember this going around. If you would have bought X dollars of stock worth of Budweiser, you'd be worth, you know, you'd have X dollars left, almost nothing. But if instead you would have actually just bought that amount of Budweiser, you'd at least have the 10 cent returns. <laughs> you'd at least have the aluminum to return at a, at a dime a piece. So you'd have, you'd have a whole bunch of beer and returns. You would have fun, a lot of friends, people over at your house, wild parties. Would have been would have been great yeah, at the very least. Great. Yeah, what can go wrong buying a boat? By the way, I was uh, I was watching. There was another TikTok today that was sent to me. By the way, thanks to Mark for sending us that one. There was another one that was sent to me that was just very straightforward about don't buy a boat. It was like five hundred reasons why you don't get rich, and this is reason number you know eighty seven because you bought a boat. Uh, he said, either have a friend with a boat. What about airplanes? Well, it's funny. People actually, I saw, I, I saw somebody recently talking about making money on their airplane. I'm not, not sure how that works, but it happens. So I've been told guy all excited because he, uh, leases his plane out all the time and it actually not only makes the payment, but he, um, but he's making money on it and he gets the, the tax incentives and, uh, yeah, huh. it, apparently airplane overboat for the win. Who knew coming up next we are diving into the mailbag. We've got uh, questions from you, and then we also have some comments uh, from recent shows. We're going to chat about uh, whatever stackers want to talk about. But first, Doug's got some trivia for us. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You know, we've had some sightings of our own here in the basement. We call it the Guac Ness Monster. And that's because the first time we saw it, it was all over the Mexican food we had to abandon for five minutes while we were loading Joe's mom into the ambulance. But anyway, we come back 
And there's a long-lost descendant of Joe's pet squirrel, Mungo II, nibbling on our nachos. We still see him now and then, you know, like running from underneath the boiler over into the cardboard box pile. But man, we should be making money on this. Do you have any idea how much the Scottish tourism industry makes on the Loch Ness myth annually? Seriously, that's my trivia question. Is it about $5 million, $15 million, or $50 million? I'll be right back with the answer after I call the Discovery Film crew. No, not about Joe's mom. She'll be fine. The squirrel! It's amazing! And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union, it lets you experience more. From everyday commutes to your next big vacation, the flagship credit card earns you three times the points on travel so you can get rewarded for wherever you're headed next. And reward yourself two-way stackers before you chase reward programs. Make sure you pay your credit card off in full. And then grab these three times rewards that they're going to give you. Plus, the premium travel card is a low annual fee of $49 and two times the points on all purchases outside of travel meaning the rewards don't have to end even when the vacation does. Speaking of rewards, man, if you're struggling, struggling right now because you need a new ride and it's so difficult buying a car, let's make that easier. You can get a Navy Federal Auto Loaner and reward yourself with a much smoother new car experience. Applying is easy. You can do it on their mobile app, online or by phone, and it's so fast you can get a decision on that auto loan in seconds. They have great rates. Plus, with their car buying service powered by TrueCar, you can shop and compare and get upfront pricing. So with prices all crazy on cars, you can know exactly what you're getting into on your next new or used car. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, open to the armed forces, the DOD, veterans and their families. Flagship rates are variable, range between 10.74% and 18% APR based on creditworthiness. ATM fees for cash advances are up to $1 at non-Navy Federal ATMs. Credit and collateral subject to approval. Message data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information and to apply. Hey there, stackers. I'm mythical beast truther and belated photographer, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. (laughs) Oh, my God. There he goes. There he goes. Get the net, Joe. It's like an episode of Naked and Afraid in here, only I seem to be the only one on theme. Anyway, if we play our cards right, this squirrel could be our golden ticket. I see stuffed animals, tote bags, theme parks. I see profits, baby. Profits! Since the Loch Ness Monster was first sighted in the 6th century, Scotland's been milking it. So how much does the Scottish tourism industry make on the Loch Ness myth? 
about $50 million a year. And now, let's welcome back our own crowd pleasers, Joe and OG. Doug, you said that was my pet squirrel. I thought that was your pet squirrel. Got out of the cage, what, six months ago? What? Why? I can't afford to feed a pet squirrel. Why would it be mine? I mean, the only thing I did was name it. Actually, Paulette named it. If we want to, <laughs> we want to know the truth. Mungo the second, uh, uh, Doug, should ben we? Franklin. Yeah. I was thinking we should, sh- we should have shared that trivia with OG. Mungo was the name of uh, Ben Franklin's pet squirrel. Who knew? Well, now you know. Paulette, apparently. Hey, let's dive into the mailbag here, OG, and see what you guys have for us. We're going to start off with a note from Bob. Bob has a great question, OG. He says that he maxes out his Roth every year. Uh, That part is absolutely fantastic, Bob. Usually contributes the same amount every month. So he's dollar cost averaging into his Roth IRA. He says, well, this year he put it all in at the beginning of January because he got a bonus. He's thinking now, though, if he dollar cost averaged it in monthly like he usually does, given the gyrations of the market, he would have been better off than that one-time contribution in January. He says, I know this is a cherry-picked example where one method appears to be better than the other, but he's wondering if there's a general rule of thumb. Should I put it all in at the beginning of the year like I did this year, or should I dollar cost average into my Roth IRA? Great question. Bob's right. He would have been better off putting in a little bit at a time, OG. Well, I mean, so far this year, he would have been really great if he would have put it all in like on June 30th. That was the day. And dang it, how come he didn't know that? Isn't that the rule of thumb? Rule of thumb, put it in on the day it's down most, Bob. Yes. Duh. As Shaw. I mean, think of it this way. If the stock market is generally going up and we know that most of the time it ends the year higher, 65, 68% of the time, the next year is higher than the previous year. So uh, we would want to put in as much as we could as early as we could, right? The reason that we dollar cost average is because not all of us have 6000 bucks lying around on January 1st or $20,500 available in our paychecks to put in our 401ks on January 1st. So we spread it out over a period of time. But if if you have the opportunity and you have all of the money that you can invest on January 1, statistically, you're better off because next year will be higher than this year if you think of the stock market kind of generally going up. And by the way, aren't you kind of just dollar cost averaging annually instead of monthly? That is true. Yeah, one, one, pay, one, one payment a year. And every year you're buying it a little lower than it was the year the year before. Still dollar cost averaging. Putting money in. Yes. Get in as much as you can whenever you can. Is that because they cap the amount you can put in for some people, is that government mandated? <laughs> government mandated dollar cost averaging? No, we'd love for you to put a hundred grand yeah. in all at once, but you can only put in this amount this year. No. Who's gonna do that? Right. Thanks for that question, Bob. Great, great question this year with the market kind of doing something different. And I think there's something else there, OG, too, which is that every strategy doesn't work all the time. And so knowing like what the what the potential downsides are, how things can go wrong for a little while with your strategy, I think is important to know. Like another example, OG, I think that you talk about fairly often, but new listeners haven't heard yet, which is that these downturns like we're having this year this is part of the game. I mean, when you look at some of these measurements on volatility, the stock market kind of does close to what it did this year in an average year. 
Yeah. I mean, the average market decline is about 14.5% a year, and we were above that. I mean, the S&P is down to now minus 10, or up to minus 10, I guess, depending on how you look at it. But um, but anything beyond, you know, anything around 14% kind of roller coaster ride throughout the year is pretty average. So I think it's important to kind of recognize what what's likely to happen based on what you're doing. And on the dollar cost averaging versus, you know, lump sum type of thing, the downside with doing it in the lump sum fashion is that you get out of practice. You know, you get a bonus or something like that on the end of G- December and you're like, oh, I'll just put this all in on January. And that might work this year, but is that going to work every year? Probably not because, you know, eventually there'll be a new car to buy or kids tuition to pay for or something like that. And then you haven't made that contribution on January 1st, like you had the previous year or years. And you're also out of practice from a cash flow standpoint of systematically investing. So your lifestyle will change. You'll eat up that, you know, 1500 bucks a month that you were putting in your 401k. You're going to eat that up just kind of in normal lifestyle stuff, and it'll be more difficult to get back to it. So I think from, you know, from just a set it and forget it standpoint, if you can make your investment plan automatic and and something that's repeatable based on, you know, your income or paychecks or something like that, I think you're much better off than waiting for a one-time bonus to, to lump sum it in. Although that's good too. Thanks for that question, Bob. Next one that was uh, emailed to us uh, comes from Kathy. Kathy says, how do you know if and or when to shift your money to a more conservative mix if you know you have enough or more than enough for retirement? She says she's 50 and she's planned to live through age 95. And not a second longer, Kathy. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Damn it. That will be it. (laughs) She gets to 96. She's like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh, her current net worth is just over four and a half million dollars. She says, even with astronomical healthcare costs, she thinks she's going to have plenty for retirement based on what she wants to do. She'd like to leave a small amount to her children, but not millions. So her plans to share the wealth while she's still alive by taking amazing family trips, helping with the down payment for their first home, etc. But how does she know? that it's time to maybe become more conservative. Her current mix is about 65% stock, 35% bonds. Thanks for that question, Kathy. What do you think? Kathy, lock in her strategy by being more conservative? I hear this question from time to time, and my answer will quite often sound disgusted because I think about it in terms of what a significantly amazing opportunity for all of the generations behind you or all the people that you care about or the things that you care about, you're starting with at 54 million bucks and you plan to live to be a hundred or 95 or whatever. And, and obviously you want a lifetime sustaining income. So that is your major objective. Don't run out of money, but unless you're spending a whole bunch of cash every single month, the likelihood of burning through four and a half million bucks is pretty low especially if you invest it. If your goal is to say, you know, this this kind of limiting belief goal of, oh, I want to leave my kids a little bit and I want to kind of sort of help them along the way. I don't understand why you would take an asset that you've spent your lifetime growing and now is at the point which can double magically every nine or so years if you just in, keep the same investment philosophy it can double every eight or nine or 10 years into infinity and 
all of the good that comes from that and you and you want to put a governor on it. You're like, no, I'm good. I don't need to grow this any anymore. To hell with those people. They didn't have to work as hard as me. <laughs> you know, like, well, why would you do that? Why would you have a self-imposed restriction on the performance of your investment portfolio? It's not for conservative standpoint. No, but I agree, OG, with kind of the Warren Buffett philosophy that too much money to your heirs might not do them a world of good. Warren Buffett's given his kids like a couple billion dollars. He's really cutting it down by going, well, they're only going to get a billion each, so I don't know how they're going to make it. <laughs> is it a billion? I mean, I and supporting was, all their I, charities. I thought I thought it was less than that. Yeah, no, I think it is. It is a huge number, but then they've all pledged it to charity. It's 1%. He's giving away 99% of his money, and you go, oh, that's really... Awesome. He's only leaving his kids 1%. Well, 1% of 200 billion is still freaking 2 billion and he's got four kids. So I guess each one gets 500 million plus all of the stuff that they got all this time because one of his donations of the 99% is to their charities, which I'm not suggesting that they're skimming off the top or anything. I'm just saying that they're they're not on the struggle bus. The, the example we should have brought up was Jackie Chan. And there was a news article that just came out that he definitely doesn't want to leave his kid a dime. Nothing. Yeah, so that's fine. That if that's what you want to do, and you have that belief system, I'm, I disagree with it, but it's your prerogative. But nevertheless, why would why would okay find something else that you care about, church or charity or hospital or you know uh, orphanage? I mean, there's like a, a bajillion places you can spend your money that's not your kids. So take the kids out of it. This is the same answer, by the way. If you're like, I don't have any kids, I have four million dollars. I'm the only person in my generation what should I do? I'm like, holy crap, you should grow this thing as fast as you can and give it to some place that can use it yeah. for good, whatever that means to you. That is the big key in your answer here is give it to give it to the place that matters most to you. I'm looking up this Jackie Chan stuff, Doug, right now says- uh, Yeah, I don't care if you leave it to your kids or not, not your kids, but you know, it's like, yeah. don't slow down the growth of your portfolio because you've made it. That's, I mean, it's like- good. Now you finally have this lump of money that's going to double all the time. Like, ha, you've worked your whole life to get to this point. It's it's no different. This is the same thing that happens with, you know, you say $4 million. This is the same thing that happens when people are like, well, I'm 55. Shouldn't I be conservative now? I'm, I'm, I'm going to retire in 10 years. Like, oh my God, no. Like, not now. You worked your whole life to get here. You've got one more chance to like grow this thing and then, you know, get to retirement. Why would you want to just slow it down? This is what we don't like about target date funds. They slow down the growth way, 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 way too early because I've got to be conservative. You can't see me on the screen. I'm using air quotes. And it's like, for what? You're 55. You're, if you live to be 45, you're going to be alive dang near as or live to be 95. You're going to be alive for dang near as much as you were already at 50. You know, it's like your whole life is going to repeat itself. Don't slow down the growth. On the topic of target date funds, there's another lawsuit out where yet another employee taking their employer OG to task for using suboptimal target date funds. Not, to not, the woodshed? Yeah, not one of the few that are great, but another garbage, well, according to them, it is a garbage uh, target date fund. And a lot of target date funds feel like what Tony Bourdain used to talk about in his book, Kitchen Confidential. You know, on Sundays, they have the they have the buffet, the Sunday brunch. And if you know what's going on, which I didn't before I read Tony Bourdain's book, it's 
all the new food comes in on Monday and the chef has been stepping over the stuff that looks not very great all week long. And so they turn it into salads and to nice looking things. They brush it up and uh, set it out and make it an all you can eat uh, crap fest, <laughs> which, which I think a lot of target date funds are our asset managers doing the same thing. Although, honestly, if Anthony Bourdain was making me a all-you-can-eat buffet, I don't think that I would be too upset with it. No. It wouldn't be a crap fest. I'd be freaked out right now, though. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and, Doug, back to your point, I just uh, did a quick search in a conversation with Channel News Asia. Chan says he'll be donating his entire wealth to charity and will not be forwarded to his son, JC. The star feels if his son is capable, he'll make his own money. And if he's not, then he'll waste chance money as well he said if he's capable he can make his own money if he's not just be wasting my money boy that's a such a such a loser attitude but jackie's not reducing the uh earning power of his existing money he's not slowing it down i know i i just i mean i guess that there's some reasons why you would not want your kids to have a better life than you or have it easier i can't imagine those reasons like i guess maybe if they're you know in in you know, got some other stuff going on. Perhaps you want to be cognizant of that. But I mean, I, d- I don't know why I wouldn't want my kid's life to be better or my grandkids' lives to be better. I suppose there's some limitation, a la the Warren Buffett thing of like, okay, yeah, you know, 500 million is enough. Like you guys could make it from there type of deal. But the whole like, I'm not giving my kids anything. Like I think Steve Jobs has the same thing. You know, I think his, his estate plan is kids only get a million bucks or something. And it's like, Okay. Cool. Thanks, Dan. What I love about these episodes too is podcasting is not a a dialogue, unfortunately. And I love it when people write to me and this gives us a chance to make it somewhat of a dialogue and get the community involved. So these are some questions we've had, OG, about past shows. First one is when we were talking uh, recently about deflation, this originally came up when Scott Trench uh, sat in as our guest co-host and was talking about the only thing worse than inflation is deflation. And Wangro has a question for you, OG, about what you said on that episode. He said, I've been enjoying the show, Financial Insights, for over a year. I was perplexed by OG's thoughts on deflation. He'd love more explanation. He says, to stick with OG's example involving the price of milk, a proxy for food, doesn't he assume that I'd have to know or at least expect that the price will fall in the future in order to withhold consumption today. How is such future knowledge even possible? Even if I somehow knew the price of milk would decline over time, why wouldn't I continue to purchase milk as usual? Because I enjoy it and simply benefit from the increase in my standard of living. To conclude snarkily, he says, it seems counterintuitive that consumers would starve themselves to get a slightly better future deal. I don't think I don't think at all, OG, that was what you were saying, but don't want to put words in your mouth. No, I, of course, if you have the ability to, so take the middle, I'm going to take the middle part of that first. If you have the ability to enjoy whatever you want to enjoy, whenever you want to enjoy it, a la the standard of living quote that's in there, uh, you know, what he's talking about, like, I just want to enjoy life and drink my milk. Well, then none of this bothers you. <laughs> like inflation doesn't bother you. Deflation doesn't bother you. Nobody cares because you have enough money that you can withstand everything. And you're right. You would have to have knowledge of the fact that that prices would go down. But people are 
trend followers. They're 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 very much like tea leaf readers. I mean, no different than look at the behavior of the average investor over the last six months. Like the, the massive amount of despair and anxiety that's gone on with a relatively benign minus twenty percent in the stock market. That's kind of sort of as common as dirt. People are like, oh my God, I'm freaking out and stopping investing. Despite the fact that we know that that's probably the absolute best time to invest. I would assume that the same thing will ha- would, would happen, God forbid, in a deflationary thing. If, if every time you go to the store using milk as our example, it was five bucks a gallon and now it's 475 and now it's 450 and now it's 425 and now it's four. And you've done that five weeks in a row. Why would you not think that next week is going to be 375? And if you have the ability to buy it at four bucks, knowing that, or at least assuming that tomorrow it's going to be 375, yeah, you won't give a crap. I agree with that. But if you're worried about it, you're you're gonna slow it down, and you might substitute. You know, this is just kind of economics, right? You you will find a substitute that can wait it out. You'll say, well, we're just gonna drink yeah. Fiji water instead of chocolate milk because it's a little less expensive and I can wait it out to see what happens with that thing that I really want, that commodity that I really want. I think you raise a great point, OG. I'm not sure if it's, uh, if it's tea leaves though, as much as it's prices just get to a tipping point for too many people because of, because deflation is often coupled with high unemployment. And so you got people that just can't afford the goods. And I'll give you, I'll give you a real life example I tweeted maybe a year and a half ago that there is no better apple than a Honeycrisp. Prove me wrong. Like that was my, that was my thing. And somebody tweeted back. They said, I'll never pay the huge money that a Honeycrisp costs. Like the cost to joy ratio that I get from a Honeycrisp versus a different apple. I won't pay it. Now, if you get too many people that are on that continuum you get a bunch of people on that continuum because, you know, prices are high and they don't have a job. They're like, I can't afford the Honeycrisp, so I'm going to go with the Fuji, whatever it might be. You'll see the price of Honeycrisp. Well, at mush? Yeah. So they're not even eating apple. <laughs> You'll see the price of Honeycrisp, though. OG, come down. The price will come down because if I've got all these Honeycrisp and nobody's buying them anymore because the price is too jacked, the price is going to come back. Next thing you're going to tell me, we're going to have to have Granny Smith. Oh, that's a bridge too far. It's green ones. Gross. If I make it an apple pie, maybe. Doug, were you protesting against the Honeycrisp? I'd rather go without a pie. I'm not. No, God, no. I am a top shelf apple guy. Yeah, no way. If I, I mean, when I spend my limited marginal available funds, it's, it's all going towards the Honeycrisps and the top shelf apples and fruit. I've had some of these knockoffs too. They've done like Cosmic Crisp. Cosmic Crisp, get off my shelf. It's Honey Crisp. Yeah. Have you ever like bought, like you're in the bin, you know, you look through, you're like, okay, those are definitely Honey Crisp. And then you look and you're like, yep, Honey Crisp is like right in here. And then you get, you know, your five or six that you get. And then you go to the, and then you bite into one later and you're like, this doesn't, and you're like, oh, they snuck one in. Yes. Uh! Yes. Yes. Some other lame shopper before you dumped their yeah, apples just like, into. Yeah, it was just like, oh, apples are apples. It doesn't matter. I'll just put them in whichever bin. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> totally. God. Just things that make me mad for a thousand, Alex. That's going to ruin your month. Okay, rich white dudes. <laughs> this is <laughs> with your $5 a pound apples. <laughs> we, uh, and your fancy we, milk that's been pasteurized. We also got some... 
request for corrections on your trivia, Doug. Oh, God. Here we, got we go. This in the mailbag. In the Doug got the trivia wrong again category. I don't know where the again came from. Again, what? Ooh. He says, I have to protest. Remember we, we did the list of non-presidents on all the bills printed in the United States, and our answer was two? Yeah. Well, yeah. this person says, I have to protest. Salmon P. Chase was excluded from the list of non-presidents. Sure, the $10,000 bill hasn't been printed since 1946, but Doug didn't say currently printed. So Mr. Chase deserves his Hunter Benjamin due, an anonymous nitpicker. Fine. Oh, it's anonymous. And McKinley in the it, 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 you can retort and say, "What about McKinley in the 500? Yeah, I was even wronger. <laughs> I missed McKinley. But wait a minute, neither of those bills were ever in circulation. They were only used between five hundred dollar bills. Were no five hundred dollars. Oh, I thought you said five thousand. The ten thousand dollar bill was never in circulation. It was only used between banks. So if if we're gonna do. It, I guess it would be. In the- I'll see your nitpick and I'll raise you a nitpick. That's right. <laughs> I do my research. Not really. I have people for that. <laughs> if you're going to nitpick Doug's trivia, at least have the guts to look him in the eye and use your name when you do and it. Use your name. Exactly. That's why I'm so indignant right now. <laughs> oh, the question was which bills did not have presidents. Obviously, we're, McKinley we're not. was president. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. true. McKinley was right. a president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I hate it. But when it was it's the 10, 6 I knew, like, I knew about the ten thousand dollar bill thing, but I knew also that that was never in circulation. So none of us ever saw it. You can't count it. Plus, you know how many valuable seconds we we saved you by excluding that word. And uh, but the people that do the crossword puzzle every week freaked out. No. You know, I should just be happy that somebody's listening to my trivia. I probably should, on second thought, probably oh, should not Oh, it's the thousand dollar bill. That's what that's what we missed. Alexander Hamilton was on the thousand dollar bill. We had Hamilton. We had Hamilton and Franklin. We're our two. Yeah, I think so. I think Joe's right. I can't remember. Yeah, but uh, but thanks for listening to the trivia, despite my saltiness. No, Hamilton's on the ten. He was also on the thousand. Oh my god. This is embarrassing, guys. Of, of all of the subjects, we should know this down pat. <laughs> well, I was just kind of going through it in my head. I'm like, well, no, there's more than two. It is Doug. amazing how, other than like the one and the five, how almost no Americans know who's on the things that are in our pockets. <laughs> I'm with you. I was I was really happy to get this letter, actually. And nitpicky, we're, we're just having some fun. But thanks for... Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. And listen, let's get the trivia right. I'm all in on that. Also, uh, OG, one for you and I. And the 725 episode, this listener says, we talked about protecting accounts and passwords by using a password vault. This listener said, this is good advice, but you've done your listeners a disservice to solely rely on a password vault and password anonymizer is a mistake. They should be using multi-factor authentication to protect all their online accounts, especially those with important assets like their money for money managers and stewards of aspiring money managers. I hope you can get this message out because multi-factor of authentication will prevent 95% of account compromise. I thought that was a good note. I thought that was a very good note, OG, and um, something we should hit on because while using, while our point was to stop using password one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, five, six, if you're fixing it, let's fix it all the way. So Good note there. 
definitely use two-factor authentication if you can. All right, it's time to throw another question at you, but this is uh, one that we actually got a voicemail for, so we're sending this stacker a T-shirt. We're going to throw out the Haven Lifeline now and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life, Doug, they put what you value first. What I value right now, it's a little steamy, so I think maybe a crisp 46-degree fall day where I get to wear my <sighs> cowl neck sweater, have my over-the-calf leather boots, and I drink some pumpkin spice latte with one of those big round hats on with all my friends named Ashley. That's what I value right now. It's OG's favorite drink. It's OG's favorite drink. We're getting back into pumpkin spice latte season, OG. It's like around the corners, maybe a month away. Oh, I'm pretty sure they come out on September 1st, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like literally around the corner. At 1041 a.m. It's not my favorite. I don't know that I've ever had one, but I do like pumpkin stuff. So I might try one this year just to kick it up a notch. It's 96 degrees September 1st in in Dallas some years. And it's fall. It's pumpkin season. But Doug, I thought you weren't kidding at first. And I can't wait to get that solo stove out again. I'm so excited about the fall. For the three weeks a year you get to use that? Are you kidding me? Like you're going to need some rain before they lift the burn ban, bro. I will use that thing from October 1st through May. Um, There are days in December and January you can get out there, which is a great thing about living in Texas. But here on my script, it says that it's your loved ones and your time that you value. Uh, And maybe with a pumpkin spice latte, obviously among friends, giggling and buying a $26 drink, it's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybedjamins.com slash Haven Life now for a free quote. Their application is simple. It's online. You get an instant coverage decision, affordable prices. And of course, while they are a fintech company, they're backed by the 160-year-old Mass Mutual. So you know they're a company that's been there before. Uh, today, we're going to throw out the lifeline to Dan. Say hello, Dan. Hey, Joe, OG, and Doug. This is Dan from Pennsylvania, and I have a question about our employee stock purchase plan. We get a 15% discount on the purchase of our company stock. The money is taken out each pay and then invested on the first of every month at whatever the share price is, minus the 15% discount. I need to hold the shares for two years for them to be considered qualified. So to be clear, I'm only asking about shares that have already hit the two-year holding requirement. Also, we max out our 401ks, 20500 each, not just maxing out to the company match. Roth IRAs, 6000 each, HSA, 7300 And for this year and last year with the on-bond rates being so high, we put in 10000 each year for each of us. This employee stock purchase plan is in addition to those and last on the priority list. Now to my question. Would it make sense to sell the company stock every time the two-year holding period is up, which would be on a monthly basis at this point? and put that money back into the employee stock purchase plan in addition to what we are already contributing in order to get the shares at a 15% discount? Or am I just thinking too deep into this? I'm also aware that if I do this, I will need to pay long-term capital gains on the profits. Hope that all makes sense. Thanks for taking the time to answer and hope to hear from you guys soon. Dan, absolutely. Thank you for that question. Employee stock purchase plan, 15% discount to buy it. But you're in only one stock, OG. What do you think? Well, I'm trying to think about what he's asking. You know, so he's got everything else done and he's saying, okay, I'm putting money in the stock plan. Should I sell it and buy more? 
you have to fund your employee stock purchase plan with your paycheck, right? You can't just say, I want to buy another million dollars worth. Otherwise, everybody would just do that. So you have to buy it with your paycheck. And there's also a limit. I think most companies are somewhere in like the 25K a year range is kind of the limit. So maybe he's asking, this is how I'm interpreting it anyway. If I want to increase my contribution to the ESPP, I'm going to need to live off of some of the sales of the prior year's ESPP, right? That kind of makes sense. Like I'm, I'm basically shifting money from one pocket to the other in order to afford it. I don't think it's a terrible idea if you can do it. Yes, you have to pay capital gains taxes on the uh, on the earnings, and you're right, it's long term, which is fine. But uh, yeah, if you want to do that, you can and max out the ESPP also, because eventually your income will catch it. You know what I mean? Like, like if your income right now is such that you can afford all of these things, but just not quite the match or the maximum. I mean, on the ESPP, eventually it will. And then you'll be able to kind of just roll that. As far as selling the employee stock purchase plan money every time it's due after the two years, I think you have to do that. Otherwise, you end up with this problem of too much money in one single position and it gets out of hand in a hurry. And what I mean by that is if you have an employee stock purchase plan and you do it for a really long time, you build up a lot of shares and then you're kind of caught where you're like, crap, this represents a larger percentage of my net worth than I want it to. But if I sell it, I got to pay $25,000 in taxes or $100,000 in taxes. And then if you get equity options or work and stuff like that, it can get out of hand really quickly. So I would just have it systematically like every month I sell the two-year-old stuff. If between now and the next couple of years, you want to just kind of sort of live on that money so you can add more to the ESPP, I think that's a fine idea. Yeah, I like thinking about that ESPP as a conveyor belt where you're taking money off the end of it and you're putting new money on. And it's a great conveyor belt, OG. I mean, 15% discount means the stock market has to do 15% over that time to equal that. If the stock just manages to stay even, right? If it doesn't go with the flow, which usually is up, it just stays even, you get this nice head start. So I I super like that head start. But I do think that uh, him selling every month can get a little onerous. Don't you think it's okay for him to just pick like two days a year? Just put on your calendar two days a year and sell it twice a year. The problem with that is that you're going to start cherry picking. You know, if you don't say I'm going to sell it on the first of every month or the first of every quarter, you're gonna, and you're only going to do it twice a year, you're going to say, well, earnings are next week. I'll wait. Or I think we're going to launch a new product soon. I'll hold off. Or the CEO just retired. Dang it. I should have done it last Thursday. You know, the only caveat I think to selling it every month or, you know, whatever frequency you how you want is only if it's profitable, right? So if the period of time that you've owned that tranche of shares, the market's gone down or the stock's gone down, I wouldn't sell it at a loss. I would hold it. But yeah, I mean, whatever frequency, if you can trust yourself to do it twice a year, three, you know, four times a year, that's fine. It's just stick to it. That's the hard part. Thanks for the question, Dan. If you've got a question for us, like Dan does, you could email them to us, Joe at Stacking Benjamins or a contact form on the website, like many of today's stackers did, or do what Dan did and call them in. If you're brave enough to call it in, we send you a greatest money show on earth t-shirt. So congratulations to Dan. We're sending that out to him. Stackybenjamins.com slash voicemail to do that. That's going to do for today. By the way, When I heard it was Dan, it reminded me of our friend Dan in Baltimore, who OG has been a fan of the show for a long time. 
And he also is a fan of the Baltimore Orioles. And when we were in Baltimore, uh, we were hoping Dan and I both, cause we both love baseball that the Orioles were in town. They weren't, but while we were chatting, he talked about again, just how like our Detroit Tigers, the, uh, the Orioles are just not that good, but man, this year, this year, Dan, the Orioles, what the hell's up with the Orioles this year, Doug Orioles actually kind of in contention. Yeah. What's amazing is how strong the AL East is. I mean, they're, they're 10 and a half games back and they have a 526 winning percentage. I mean, yeah. to be second to last in the division at 61 and 55 as of this recording is amazing. Actually need to check and see where they sit in the wild card standings to see if yeah, they've they're got just a, you know, out how of good it. their shot is. Just Are out they of just? it. But yeah. I mean, they're playing it's just like the Orioles, though. They're playing good baseball and they're still in the nearly in the basement of their <laughs> right. division. It just yes, sucks yeah. for them. Yeah, but uh, I heard Dan, and I'm like, I wonder if this is Dan from Baltimore. So Dan, uh, thinking about you, man, and your Oreos. So it's it's a great year uh, to just be having this conversation <laughs> near the end of August. is is great. Another conversation you might want to be having is about this uh, recession fear that Ken Tuman talked about. As recession fears ramp up, you might be feeling anxious to make some moves in your finances. However, what I want you to do instead is check out this free guide OG and his team put together to help you plan more and panic less, no matter what the market does. It has some great insights on what you should be doing and smart questions to ask yourself so you make financial decisions your future self will thank you for. Head over to stackybenjamins.com slash guide. That's stackybenjamins.com slash guide to get that free guide from OG. So thanks for that, OG. Our last Live recording on YouTube is going to be on Monday. Join us five o'clock Eastern this coming Monday for the last live recording this summer. Of course, we'll do live ones from time to time, but it's been a fun summer hanging out with some of you stackers. But if you want to be with us, go over to YouTube, sign up for our YouTube channel. Just put Stacky Benjamins in the search engine, uh, hit subscribe, click the little bell. If you want to be notified the second we go live, it's usually between five and 10 after uh, the hour that we finally get our act together and we're able to get Get all the <laughs> yeah. stars aligned and get the thing rolling between our guest and us, but should be a great time to end uh, the summer of fun that we have. So thanks to everybody who's hung out with us there. All right. Speaking of hanging out, this hangout's over, Doug, what should we have learned today, man? Sure thing, Joe. Here's what we should have learned today. First, have questions about your money. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Well, you know, and that other one, but mostly it's the one you don't ask. So ask questions, make mistakes, and get moving. Second, take some advice from the Magnify Money Survey. Maybe it's time to start tracking your expenses if you aren't already. But the big lesson? Never trust a squirrel to make the right decision. You were supposed to go upstairs, Mungo. Up, up, go up, up the, yeah, up the stairs. There you go. No, 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 Mungo, not in the street, Mungo, not in the street. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest Podcast. Brooke Miller is our producer today and our amazing newsletter editor of The 201. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. 
just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So, say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. Welcome to the after show. This is the part of the show that doesn't exist. This uh, comes to us from the BBC, guys. Meta's new prototype chatbot told the BBC. This is, th- this is when, uh, when your employees get a little too honest. And now we have, of course, these mechanical employees, maybe slightly too honest. Meta's new prototype chatbots told the BBC Mark Zuckerberg exploits its users for money. Meta says the chatbot uses artificial artificial intelligence that can chat on, quote, nearly any topic. So the BBC asked what the chatbot thought of the company's CEO and founder, and it replied, our country is divided, and he didn't help that at all. (laughs) Meta said the chatbot was a prototype and might produce rude or offensive answers. The chatbot called BlenderBot3 released the public a couple weeks ago. The program learns from large amounts of publicly available language data. When asked about Mark Zuckerberg, the chatbot told the BBC, quote, he did a terrible job at testifying before Congress. It makes me concerned about our country. Oops. Mr. Zuckerberg's been questioned several times by U.S. politicians. The chatbot said his company exploits people for money and he doesn't care and it needs to stop. Oops. Maybe uh, designed that one a little too well. Sadly, they're telling the truth. Yeah. I mean, what about the guy that was it was it a Google employee or was it a meta employee that they just fired because he said their AI was becoming a sentient being? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Apparently it already has. Apparently it's there. Well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have 
served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend, OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 